Amen. Go ahead. Give a hand clap to the Lord. Because he is great. Amen. What a precious, precious thing we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am so proud to serve him today. Uh, not proud in a wrong way, but proud in the right way. Amen. If you're going to have pride in your life, you better make sure you're proud about Jesus. Amen. And if you're not proud about him, then you've got a problem. And uh, God knows that, and he'll let you know that also. Well, it's good to see you today in the house of the Lord. I'm going to ask you if you would take the word of God. Turn with us to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. We'll be reading one verse there today, preaching a textual message today and yet also a topical message as well. Proverbs chapter 14, now look with me down to verse 14. Notice what the Word of God tells us here. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Now, Father, as we come before your throne of grace, we are blessed and thankful so much, Lord, to be here. Lord, we know that providentially you allowed us to be here. Lord, it was your desire, it was your will that we be in the house today. And Father, yet so many times we find that that is always your will, but sometimes we miss. And Father, we ask you to forgive us when we fail you like that. But Father, as we are here now, I ask, Father, that you would take charge amongst this congregation. Fill us, Father, again with your Holy Spirit, your work. Father, the excitement of being in the house of God. The excitement of knowing that you are our God and you are a mighty God a stronghold, a, a fortress, Lord, especially ones that give us peace and comfort and joy. And I pray, Father, today that you might help us, Lord, to come back from fallen places in our lives and come back to you. In Jesus' name we ask this prayer. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Notice our text scripture again this morning there in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 14. Notice he gives us a, a word that has been confused a little bit. Uh, some people do not believe it. Some people do believe it. I believe if God put it in his word, it's something that we should believe, and it does happen. He says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. I'm going to speak to you this morning on the consequences of backsliding in your heart. The consequences of backsliding in your heart. And now you say, preacher, can a Christian actually backslide? What does it mean to backslide? Well, I do believe that a Christian can backslide. And what it means to backslide is to fall away from the truth of the God that you serve. Fall away from those things that you know to be true in the Word of God. And there are consequences that will follow that. Now, let me share this with you also. Every single Christian uh, is apt to these things. Every single Christian that has ever walked the face of the earth or ever will walk the face of the earth, the earth can backslide. It is a decision that you have to make whether or not you're going to serve the Lord faithfully. And even then sometimes things happen that causes you to slip away from the Lord. I think about a song that I used to sing years ago, Drifting Too Far From The Shore. And I think of a boat that has been loose from its moorings and how at some times we begin to drift out there in the water. And after a while in the boat, after a while maybe you're fishing or something, you look around and even though the anchor you dropped is there, your boat is still drifting because the anchor has not touched the bottom yet. And sometimes that's how it is in our lives. We begin to backslide and we get farther and farther and farther away from the Lord. We still have the anchor. We still have Jesus. We still are saved. But guess what, dear friends? It's not clinging on to anything. 
and how sad it is when you and I do not cling on to the Lord each and every single day of our lives. And that is one of the causes of these uh, backslidden conditions and ways that we get. Notice he continues to say there in verse 14, he says, And a good man shall be satisfied from himself. So what a backslider does actually, and, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in a moment, but a backslider takes his focus off of God and puts his focus back upon man. And most of the time he puts it back on himself, and that's why he gives us that next part in verse 14 when he says, And a good man shall be satisfied from himself. In other words, the things that used to satisfy him about God, the things that used to bless him and excite him uh, about God, the things that he used to overjoy with, the, the choir and all the music and, and all the preaching and all the teaching and vacation Bible schools and Bible studies and all these things that used to excite him, now those things do not excite him anymore. Now the only thing that excites him and brings him pleasure is himself. You know, we have in our world today, we have become a selfish generation, haven't we? Pastor mentioned it this morning in his Sunday school lesson. We have, we have cars, multiple cars. We have boats and ATVs and uh, SUVs and all these UVs and their brothers and sisters and everything that's been made. We have everything that you can think of today to bring pleasure to ourselves. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things, but if those things become before God and that becomes your God and those exciting things become your God and now the excitement of church, the excitement of being blessed by God and those things are now more important to you than, than what is the most important thing in your life, and that is God, then you're backslidden. And how sad it is that sometimes we can be backslidden and we do not even realize that we're backslidden and away from God at that point. I'll talk about that here again in just a few moments. But we need to make sure that we're not here to please ourselves. We are here in this world today to please Jesus Christ to please our God and our Savior. And so, again, the consequences of backsliding in your heart. Uh, a woman once told a preacher that she could never be a Baptist. And she said this because we do not believe in backsliding. Well, I've never heard such a ludicrous thing because every Baptist I've ever known believes in backsliding. And, and this preacher that she told it to, he said this. He said, ma'am, we don't only believe in it, we also practice it. <laughs> well, that's true. We do, don't we? I do not believe that a person can be saved and lose their salvation. We're not teaching that when you backslide that you're losing your salvation. Uh, you went, once you get saved, you are eternally sealed for heaven. Amen. The blood of Christ has cleansed you and purified you. And when you stand before God, God knows that you belong to Him. Christ knows that you belong to Him. So we're not preaching or teaching that you can lose your salvation. And there are numerous verses that substantiate the fact that you're saved and you're saved and you're saved. Amen? And as a matter of fact, the Baptists probably believe more in backsliding than any other religion. That's one reason why we preach against it so much. I believe that salvation is an all-the-heart decision. When you get saved, you're supposed to put all your heart into it. Amen? Remember here a few weeks ago I mentioned to you, it might have been on a Wednesday night, I believe it was, when we were talking about our discipleship training, uh, that we need to make sure that we had a heart change. I believe today, dear friend, that every Christian needs to have a heart change. We need to make sure that our heart is truly and solely, completely dedicated unto God. Because when you got saved, that's exactly what you promised God when you got saved, that you were sold out to Him. You ever been to the store and on the rack you, it's something that you really want or really need and you reach in that rack and all of a sudden there's a little sign at the back that says, Sold out. There's none left, you know. Well, that's exactly what God wants us to be for Him. He wants us to be sold out for Him and nothing else, dear friend. Not our, not our fun, not the things that bring us pleasure. We're not to be sold out to those things, but we're to be sold out to God and God alone. And today in our world, I think we've got it backwards. We've got it messed up somehow. Now we're sold out to everything except for God. That's why our churches and our pews are empty on most Sundays and Wednesday nights. It's why we can't get people to services. It's why we can't get them to revival. Praise God, dear friend. We need to be sold out to God and God alone. 
And I believe when you get saved, it is an all-the-heart decision. I do not believe a person reading his Bible just because someone is making him read it is nearly as close to God as the one who's reading his Bible and has the desire to do it. You make me read the Bible and I'm not getting a whole lot out of it. But I read the Bible and I have a desire to read the Bible, I'll get everything out of it that God wants me to get. Amen? I think that our desires are very important. Let me ask you this question today, and you answer it by the end of this message. What are your desires? What do you really desire today? I think that a person is backslidden when their desires have been pulled away from God. Our desires should be stayed upon Him. I think that the Christian who stays home and watches television on a church night is backslidden on God. You say, preacher, really? Yes, really. And I'll tell you the reason for that is because if we're sold out to God, amen, if we're sold out to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that television and that television program will not be more important to us on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night than that Wednesday night service or that Sunday night service. Those things will be more important because we'll know that that's what God wants us to do and what God wants us to hear. That fishing program on, on uh, that Sunday night, uh, you can tape it and watch it on Monday night. Amen? You say, preacher, we don't have VCRs anymore. Well, then you don't need to watch it anyway. Amen? Because they're probably going to tell you the same thing that they told you before. Please don't misunderstand me today. I'm not trying to fuss at you. I'm trying to tell you exactly what God believes and how we're to stand and be as Christians. And there's a reason why our churches are not excited anymore. There's a reason why we're not seeing people saved like we used to years ago. There's a reason why there's not excitement in the churches like it used to be and people jumping up and down and praising the Lord and running up and down the aisles. The reason for that is Christians are backslidden and away from God. And there's some consequences of that. I believe that a Christian who does not have an appetite for the Word of God is backslidden. Are you reading and studying the Bible? I also believe that a Christian who does not want a fellowship with other Christians is backslidden. I, even in this church, know folks that have been out of church for some time, maybe because of a health situation or something, and they'll tell me, they'll say, Preacher, I, I just can't wait to get back in church. I want to be back in church. I realize sometimes there's a reason why we don't come to church, but if you're just laying out because there's no reason, maybe you want to go to the lake, maybe you want to go sit by the pool or something else. Listen, dear friend, that's not a reason to lay out on God. I think that the Christian who is backslidden will go through some very rough times on this earth before he goes to heaven. There's some things that you're going to have to deal with. And I believe that a backslidden Christian will be chastised by God as well. You ever wondered why there's so much chastisement in your life and there's not so much in another brother or sister? I believe that God will not disown one of His children, but He will spank one of His own. Amen? Right. My daughter is here in the service today, and you can ask her, did, I, did Daddy ever spank me? Several times. <laughs> She says only once. <laughs> I must not have been rough enough with her the other times then. <laughs> I guarantee you, if God spanks you, you'll know it. You'll remember it too. Amen? Well, we go on. For the next few moments, I, I want to expose some things that the backslider's heart will be filled with. Number one, I believe that the backslider in heart will be filled with his own mistakes. In other words, when you become backslidden, you get away from God, you don't have that pleasure and that joy in God and His work anymore and His church and the things of church, I believe that you're going to be filled with your own mistakes. Everything that you think about, everything that's on your heart and on your mind is going to be things that you have done and things that you have done wrong. And God's going to remind you of that over and over and over every single day of your life until you get it right. Now, what's mistake number one? Mistake number one is you're not walking with God. And God will remind you of that. He'll remind you sometime when you're sitting at home on that Sunday night and you didn't go to church or you're sitting at home on that Wednesday night and you decided that you were just too tired to go to church, He's going to remind you, you must not be walking with God. You say, God will not do that. Yes, He will. 
He chastises those who He loves, dear friends. And He loves us today. That's why He sent His Son, Christ, into this world that you and I could be saved, that you and I could love Him and go to heaven one day and be with Him. And backslider, he's going to be filled with his own mistake of not walking with God. You must either walk with God or not walk with Him. It's only one of two things that you can choose there. I'm either going to walk with the Lord, my Savior Jesus Christ, or I'm not going to walk with Him. There's no maybe, there's no middle ground there. I either walk with Him or I do not walk with Him. And keep this in mind. You cannot be half in Christ and half out of Christ, you know. You've got to be all the way in Christ. That's why I said a while ago that when a Christian gets saved, I believe their heart is completely given over to God. Not just part of it. Not just bits and pieces of it. There's an illustration that I want to share with you. And the illustration is entitled Power for Performance. Man not only needs to know the precepts of God's Word, but he must have a power within his life that will enable him to practice what he has perceived with his mind. Ludwig Nomensen, a pioneer missionary, stressed this vital truth in his ministry to the Batak tribesmen of Southeast Asia. When the servant of the Lord arrived at his field of labor, a village chief gave him only two years that he had a message-worthy or worth hearing. And at the end of that period, he was asked how the Christian religion differed in its moral rules from the traditions of Batak. We know what is right, said the tribal leader, for we too have laws that we must not steal or take our neighbor's wives or tell lies. That's true, the missionary answered quietly, but my master supplies the power needed to keep these laws. The chief was startled. Can you really teach my people to live better, he inquired. No, I can't. But if they receive Jesus Christ, God will give them the strength to do what's right. Being permitted to remain another six months, Nominson preached the gospel and taught the villagers how the Holy Spirit works in the lives of believers. At the end of that time, the chief said, You may stay longer. Your religion is better than ours, for your God walks with men and gives them strength to do the good things He requires. You say, preacher, there's no way I can ever do all the things that God wants me to do in the Bible. He tells me all these precepts, all these standards I have to live by. There's no way I can do all that. Yes, you can, dear friend, because God will supply that ability for you to do that. God will give you the strength. God will give you the desire to do that, dear friend. Every single day, he'll do it. We also find that that backslider in heart, he's filled with things that because he does not, and reminded of things that he does not walk with God about, but we also find that he is not led by the Spirit. You see, when you get saved, there's something called he, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and places His abode or His indwelling inside of us. In other words, the Holy Spirit lives in every single Christian in this building today. And the Holy Spirit being living in each and every one, we have a leadership in our lives. As we read and study the Word of God, the Holy Spirit then takes that Word and He entices us one way or the other to do this or to do that. But the backslidden Christian does not allow the Holy Spirit to lead him one way or the other. The, the Holy Spirit wants to, but we do not listen to that. Because why? Because we're backslidden and away from God. We must allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. We must allow Him to tell us which way to go. When you get to the end of a crossroad and you're this way and this way and you're really not sure where to go, then ask the Holy Spirit to tell you because He'll lead you, friend. He's been trying to for years now. You'll be led by God's Holy Spirit or you'll be led by the other spirit, one or the other. And who's the other spirit? It's the spirit of the devil. And he's going to drag you one way or the other. I heard a person say one time, it was a Hollywood star, heard him talking about this, and they said that I feel like I've got a devil on this shoulder and an angel on the other one, and sometimes I don't know who's winning. How sad it is when we get to that place in our lives that we do not know which way to go. And when that happens, dear friend, we must go back to God. We, that, that's the warning, you see. That's one of the consequences of being backslidden, that we do not know which way to go. 
And God wants to show you. He showed you over and over many times. And we still walk away from it. Because the backslider is not allowing God to lead him. He's walking in spiritual darkness. And when you're walking in spiritual darkness, you're walking alone. The Lord doesn't go to those dark places, dear friends. He's already been there. Remember the Bible teaches us that when Christ was in the tomb, he wasn't actually in the tomb. He left that tomb and he went into, into hell, into the darkest place that this world will ever know, a place of pain and sorrow, of torment. And he went there in your stead. And he received the keys of death and hell. And he brought those keys out. Listen, he's the only one that can unlock that door, dear friend. He can, he's the only one that can unlock that door of your heart and make sure that you're right with God. He is the only one. And the devil, he still thinks that he can still try. But he's lost the battle, you see. He's done loss and there's nothing that he can do to ever become victorious again. His, his placement in this life and in eternity has already been made. He made that decision that day. That day when he thought that he was more beautiful than any angel that God had ever created. He made his decision that day when he thought that he was better than God and knew more than God and wanted to take over heaven. Oh, listen, dear friends, you better be careful of your ideas and your ideals and when you want to take over. Because I can guarantee you what, that's a, that's a spirit of the devil. That's not a spirit-led Christian. That's a backslidden Christian. You walk in darkness. You're not allowing the light to shine through. Now, I know this, the light is always comprehending the darkness. It always encompasses it, you see. But sometimes when you turn a light on, what else do you see there? You see a shadow, don't you? Darkness is always following us. It's always there wherever we go. I mean, even in the brightest, lightest room, there's still always a little bit of a shadow there. And be careful, dear friends, because when that shadow follows you, it's the de devil and his evil spirit, and he's trying to get a at you. Number two. The backslider in heart will also be filled with his own words. The backslider of heart likes to hear himself talk. Amen? He thinks that uh, his, his conversation and his verbiage is more important than anyone else's. While in a backslidden condition, he cannot control his tongue. It will prove itself to be an unruly member. James chapter 3 and verse 8 says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Oh, dear friend, the tongue has got many a people in trouble, hasn't it? In fact, he says there that no man can tame it. You know, that's like, you ever seen these old westerns and, and how they get out there with them, them bucking broncos, you know? And they'll get up there and they'll jump on that horse and, and they'll ride that thing around and around for about five seconds and then the horse bucks the old rider off and he falls on the ground, you know. Everybody comes and runs and tries to grab the horse and the horse is still kicking up his rear end back and forth because he don't want nobody on his back. He's not been broken in yet. Well, you see, this tongue has not been broken in neither. In fact, God says this tongue cannot be broken in. Even once we get saved... Do you know the tongue is still an unruly member? The tongue even then says things and, and allows it to slip out sometimes. Things that we can never take back. Right now in your mind, right now in your mind, I'm sure you're thinking of something you've said sometime, maybe even this past week, to someone and you've let that slip out and you didn't mean to say it did you but you said it anyway and guess what God heard you say it the devil heard you say it and those that you said it to heard you say it let me tell you something friend that can never be taken back once a word is spoken it can never be taken back Words have a long-lasting meaning to people. 
And once you've said something, you cannot take it back. You need to put your mind in the right gear before the tongue goes into overdrive. Amen? You know, cars used to have these little things on it called overdrive. That was basically just the, the, the uh, highway gear, you know, you put it in. So it could just cruise right along. Well, the old tongue wants to get in overdrive and just cruise right over everybody. Seen these cartoons years ago where the cartoon guy is standing there and here comes a, a little motorized car and it just runs all over him, leaves their tire prints all over the person. I always wondered how that person jumped right back up, you know. <laughs> well, when your tongue runs over somebody, I can guarantee you that person ain't jumping right back up. Here's an illustration about the power of the tongue. Leonard Greenway commented on the tongue, and he wrote this. There's an ancient fable about a monster known as Proteus who had the power of assuming many shapes and appearances. He could become a tree or a pebble, a lion or a dove, or a serpent or a lamb. He seemed to have little difficulty in passing from one form into another. That fabled creature reminds me of the human tongue. It can bless or curse. It can express praise or whisper slander. It can speak a word of encouragement or spread the poison of vindictive hatred. You see, that's the power of the tongue today. You can either use your tongue for good or you can use it for evil today. And, and it is my prayer and my desire that, that you and I use our tongues for the good of God. Amen? Amen. Why do you think that God gave us a tongue? Why do you think that God gave us speech and the ability to talk? He did that so we can spread His Word and tell people about Him and let them know that you don't want to be backslidden. I've been backslidden before, and it's not a good place. Amen? And maybe you're backslidden right now. Maybe that's why God led me to this lesson today. Maybe you think you're not backslidden, but you're already there, dear friend. And your tongue's been unruly. There's things in your life that's not been going right because of the backslidden condition that you're in. And the consequences that has happened to your life now is because of that. Number three, the backslider in heart will be full of his own cares. Not just his own words, but his cares as well. Selfishness will overtake the backslider. That's why he says there in verse 14, he says, And a good man shall be satisfied from himself. He says, a good man. Did you catch that part of that verse? A good man. You see, you can be good and still be backslidden. You can be good and still not do what God wants you to do. God never said, I'll take the good to heaven. God did say, I'll take the saved to heaven though, right? And so you can be good all you want to, but goodness will never get you to heaven. He's going to be full of his own cares, selfishness. A person who has turned his back to selfishness. Well, this is mine and mine alone, and I want this because it's mine. They count themselves and, and their possessions as their very own. He tries to manage everything for himself, knowing, listen, dear friend, remembering that back a few months ago or a few years ago that it was God who was leading him. It was God who was taking him this way and that. It was God who was giving him everything. But now he's decided to manage it for himself. You better be careful when you start taking something out of God's hand that God's been doing very well with. Amen? How sad it is. This person, this, this backslidden person will be consumed and, and concerned about himself and his own needs. When they have prayer time, he'll say, pray for me. Pray for me and no more. Because all they're worried about is themselves. And it's really an honest prayer because they're really wanting prayer. It now has become a selfish prayer, but they really want prayer because they know in their heart that they're backslidden. They know in their heart that they're away from God. And so they say, pray for me. But instead of just asking someone to pray for you, pray for yourself. Amen? Amen. It bothers me sometimes when people come to me and they say, preacher, pray for me about this or that or the other. And I ask them, have you prayed? And they say, oh, can I do that? Yes. 
It's not a, some novel institutionalized thought that is brand new. God asks all of us to pray. In fact, He tells us that we need to be in a prayer attitude daily. Amen. Talking to God. Blessing people. Blessing God. When we approach God, we need to remember that God is holy. God is not some magical magician that can make everything you want in life happen. God can if He wanted to, but He's not a magician. Go to God and remember He's holy. He's a sanctified God. He is your very creator, the creator of this universe, the stars and the sky He created. He knows every single one of those stars by name. All those that you cannot even see by your, by your naked eye that you can see by telescope, all the stars that you can't even see by the biggest and best telescope out there. He not already knows those stars as well as He knows you and knows the hairs upon your head. And by the way, those that are not there now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pastor. Pastor told me the other night, he said, Preacher, he said, maybe you need to get bald like us. <laughs> I said, it's getting there, brother. It's taking a little while, though. Oh, listen, I'm not picking on you today. Got to have a little bit of fun. I guess that's that tongue, right? That unruly member. <laughs> Woo! Get that thing under control. Wow. Ah, oh, listen, you're concerned for no one but yourself. A dog with a bone was crossing a log one day. The dog looked down and saw another dog in the water and grabbed for the bigger bone that the dog in the reflection had just lost the bone that he had. <laughs> we all know that that was a reflection, right? But the dog was greedy and lost what he had. And that's what happens in... in our lives, when we backslide from God, we lose what we already had. When we try to, in that backsliding condition, get more and more and more because we think we need it, we need, we need. Listen, dear friend, the only thing you need is what you already had. Amen? And there's nothing better that you can have than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's not a God out there that anyone would ever worship or even want to worship that's any better than God, than Yahweh, than our Lord Jehovah. He is God. And yes, how great He is. Amen? What a, what a more appropriate song for today than to know and understand that our God is great and mighty today. And He's all you need. I like that song that says, He's all I need. He's all I need. He is all I need. Because He is all you need, friend. He's the one who gives us everything. He's the one that gives us life in our natural birth. He's the one who brings spiritual life to us in our new birth, dear friend. Have you experienced that one? Say, well, I, I did, preacher, but I'm not as excited as I used to be. Oh, in the revival meeting the other night, I got a little excited myself, didn't I, Pastor? Got to preaching, got to preaching hard. People started saying amen, raising their hands. Praise the Lord. Had three people raise their hands in invitation. One little young girl knelt down at the altar at the front. And she prayed, Christians, preacher, I know that I'm not as close to God as I need to be, and I want to get it right. This little young girl here, a young man in the back, and another person on this side at the back, knelt down praying, prayed there at their pews, asking the Lord to get things right in their life again. He's the only one that can do that, dear friend. Listen, let me tell you a truth today. You cannot do it without Jesus. If you're backslidden today, and even if you are backslidden and you don't understand it, listen, dear friend, come talk to me, but most definitely talk to God about it. Let God know that you're not where you used to be, that you're not where you want to be, that you're not where you're supposed to be. And let God know and beg Him, Oh, Father, please bring me back. Remember a man in the Old Testament by the name of David? David had sinned with Bathsheba and David praised and he said, Lord, please return the joy of thy salvation. He was backslidden. 
He was backslidden, and that's one reason why when he looked over at that rooftop and saw Bathsheba, that's why he committed the sin, dear friend, because he was backslidden. And his consequences was he lost that firstborn child. But not only that, it was threefold more that he would lose before God would let him get back on track again. I'll, I'll tell you this. This is a, maybe it's a secret. I don't know, but I'll let you in on it. You backslide from God, and there's a hard road that you've got to hoe to get back. But I can tell you, he'll let you back. I know of many people in the Word of God who broke God's heart and wound up being some of the greatest leaders of the New Testament, greatest leaders of the Old Testament that there ever had been. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own lust. Appetites and lusts that have been kept under control has now resumed the, its hunger. Having been kept down for so long, they seem to, to avenge themselves. I mean, after those appetites have been suppressed and things like that, and all of a sudden you let that old, you let that old bear out of the cage, and what does that bear do? I mean, you hadn't fed that bear in two or three years, and all of a sudden that bear gets loose, and what does it do? It goes for the throat, doesn't it? It goes for the, anything vital. It goes for anything that it can get a hold of, that it can chomp on and hold on to. That's the old devil. And you've been keeping him subsided. You've been keeping him pushed down because the Holy Spirit is in your life. And the Holy Spirit's been leading you and guiding you and keeping that devil at bay, reminding that devil that Jesus won, not you, devil. And you know what happens then? Well, you let the old bear out, didn't you? And the old bear is hungry, and he comes looking for you. I sigh. I sigh because what do you do then? The appetite. They become more demanding. They become more unruly than they have ever been before. Their sin now, their past sin, the sins that they used to commit now is at the forefront of their mind and they become more aggressive in those sins than they have ever been in their entire lives. Backslidden. A consequence. Consequence number five. The backslider in heart will be full of his own troubles. The things that you do will bring you trouble. Instead of keeping out of trouble, you're going to run right into it. You're not at peace with God. You're not at peace with other people. You're not even at peace with yourself. You're not at peace with the church. You're not at peace with the world. You're constantly complaining. You ever met someone who just complains all the time? Stay away from them. Because you know what they're going to do? They're going to drag you down. You know? Complainers. <laughs> Everybody's got them. They're everywhere. He's taken everything out of the hands of God now. He doesn't leave anything there now. Takes it all out. And he no longer has any faith in God. And that is the saddest thing. He's no longer able to control the events in his own life. He has to be filled with every worry about the future. I don't know what's going to happen, but it scares me. I think there were a lot of backslidden Christians back in the year 2000 when Y2K happened. I heard so many Christians coming to me and saying, Preacher, what are we going to do? I said the same thing we've been doing ever since I got saved. Trust in Jesus. And if this is when he comes, then praise God, let's be ready. <laughs> Instead of being complaining about it and being worried about it, we ought to have been excited about it. Amen. I mean, if he comes back right now before this message is ever completed, praise God. Amen? But if you're backslidden, uh-oh, maybe that's why you're not really looking for him to come. Because you're in that place, that dark place, that place where you have no faith now. And when you stand before God, what are you going to tell God then? 
Oh, not only is he filled with worry about the future, but their folly in forsaking God is the ruin of this person. Your life has been ruined. It's been broken. It's been taken away from you. Your life now is not your own. It belongs to the devil. In closing today, I want to share this with you. A backslider in heart is a burden to everyone around him. That's why I said a while ago, when that backslider is there and complaining and all this, get away from them. Because all they're trying to do is bring you down. You see, they want friends to be with them in the same place that they are. Don't let them, don't let them do that. They may continue to go through the motions of being a Christian. You said, preacher, a while ago you will mention that. Well, I'm mentioning it. They still go to church. They still sing in the choir, by the way. They still drive a church bus. Some even still teach a Sunday school class. But the backslider in heart has only one direction to go, and that is the way back to Jesus. I wonder today how many backsliders are sitting in our pews today. I wonder how many backsliders there are in churches across America today and across this world. How many backsliders have walked away from God and you're making believe in the church today. You sit there and you smile, you sing the songs. You try to walk the walk, but the talk is not there anymore. And it can be seen. God knows who you are. And sometimes, folks, even your brothers and sisters in Christ know who you are. Your only way back is getting back to Jesus. It's not through your church service. It's not through singing in the choir. It's not through driving the church bus. It's not through any of those things like that. Even teaching a Sunday school class won't get you back. It's not putting more money in the offering plate than you have ever done before that's going to get you back. The only way back is to come back to Jesus. Are you a backslider in heart? If so, I'm asking you to come back to Jesus right now. I'll read verse 14 again. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Father, for what you teach us and what you help us with. But Father, I'm afraid that in our churches today we have folks that are backslidden. Lord, they still come to church. They still go through some of the motions. But Father, the joy is not there. The devil has robbed them. And Father, they're living in some of the deep, deepest, darkest times of their lives. And Lord, I think somewhere down in the bottom of their mind, they really do want to get back to you, Lord. But they've just forgotten the way. So Father, I'm asking you right now to light the path for them. Light the path for them back to you. Help them to see that, Lord, today. And to come back to you as, and be as close as they ever have been. And Father, I know that you can do this, Lord, because you're God and you do love us. And Father, there's so many examples in your word that you show us that have done that before. And even in our own lives, we know that you do it. So Father, help us to get back to where we need to be. I ask this in the name of our Savior, Jesus. We'll ask the song leader to come, pianist to come. And I'm going to ask them just to start playing some song for Sister Crystal. Head still bowed and eyes still closed. I wonder today who would say, Preacher, I'm ashamed of myself, but I'm in that backslidden condition. Preacher, will you please pray for me? I want to get back to Jesus. Will you slip your hand up where you are? Is there someone? God bless you. Is there another one? God bless you. Someone else today would say, Preacher, I, I'm in that dark place right now, and I'm miserable, and I want to get back to God. I, I want to have that joy again that I once had. Will you slip that hand and say, Preacher, please pray for me today. God bless you. 
Is there someone else? I want to get back to that place, God. I want to, I want to be excited again. I want to do for God again. Will you please raise that hand? I want to pray for you, friend. I want God to see that you really want it. Will you slip that hand up? Heavenly Father, as I approach your throne of grace today, Lord, as humbly as I can pray, I pray for these dear folks, Lord. Father, be backslidden to be in that dark, dark place, Lord. It's scary. Oh, Father, and we're, we're to have fear, but Lord, not this kind of fear. We're not to be frightened like this. And Lord, the devil's brought us here, and it feels like he's trapped us here. And Father, I ask you, Lord, to lighten that path once again. Brighten that path so these, Lord, that they can get their lives right. Lord, that they can move forward from this. Lord, that their lives can be bright for you once again. Will you help them with that, Jesus? Lord, when the song is sung in a few moments, will, will you help them to, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, to make that first step and come forward and recommit that life to you? Lord, will you do that? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you in advance for doing it. I want to thank you in advance, Lord, for speaking to them already. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. If you would stand, please. What number? 560. If you raised your hand a moment ago, you come to this altar. Amen. I'll come and I'll kneel with you and I'll pray with you. You come. Let God speak to your heart. Maybe you didn't raise your hand and you need to come. You please come today. As we sing. God good. Oh boy. I tell you what, I love God. I love Him with all my heart. He's truly a God of love. Amen. He loves us in a way that no one else has ever loved us. And He cares for us in that way. And the sweet love and peace that He brings into our heart and our life can be felt by a little child. And can be felt by the oldest man or woman in here. Love. Pastor closed with it this morning. The love of God. The love of God. That's why he lets us return to him. When we have backslidden. And we've fallen away. Friend. Please do not misunderstand this statement. But I know there's others here in the church that needs 
to get back to God, that need to get close to God again. And I'm asking you, please let go of the devil and please take a hold of Jesus' hand. Please do that. God's not going to kick you out of heaven, but there'll be no joy once you get there. I want it to be joy when I stand before the Lord and Savior. Amen. I want to be able to shout and praise and run around jumping up and down on them streets of gold. Amen. I want to bust the pearly gates wide open and say, all right, here I am. <laughs> Amen. Oh, man. Pushing through the gates of singing. I remember old saints of God talking and, and telling stories about in the morning getting breakfast ready at 4.30, 5.30 in the morning cooking breakfast and singing in the kitchen just humming a good old gospel hymn. When's the last time you had a gospel hymn on your heart and you sung it all day long? You see, a lot of times we don't do that because we're backslidden. We're backslidden. God wants you to get close to him again. If I can be of help to you after service, you please come see me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your goodness. Thank you again most of all for your love and your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, how Jesus and Jesus alone has brought peace to our hearts. And Father, I ask you now, Lord, that you'll take charge of this congregation. Help us, Lord, when we leave this place. Father, for those today that have made decisions, I ask God that you'll help them with this decision. Help them to be faithful to it, Lord. Father, now that they are back with you, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to stay there. And Father, Lord, that they can pursue you even stronger and greater than they ever have before. Lord, I, I think of Moses. I think of Moses after he disobeyed you and after you told him that he would never be able to enter into the promised land. But Father, you took him right there. You took him from the mound as he was able to look into the promised land. You took him and you brought him on into heaven. Lord, you did bless him. You blessed him, Father, with an eternal uh, joy that he now even enjoys to this day because he did something for you, something that was right. I think of I think of old Samson. Oh, how he, how he turned away from you, Father. His eyes were blinded, and that's what sin does to us. Our eyes become blind. And, Father, then we lie in the lap of, of sin, and, and, and we disobey you. But, Father, at the very end, when he called upon you once again, you were there, and he was there in his greatest strength that he ever had had. And once again, he loved you. Oh, God, you love us so much. Help us, Lord, to realize that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.